Hello, and welcome to the second episode of No Country for Old Meg. This episode is coming to you today from Japan, which is currently hosting the Rugby World Cup. Welcome to Japan. Welcome to the Tokyo Stadium, which tonight becomes the centre of the sporting world. The Rugby World Cup has come to Asia for the very first time, breaking new ground. With the aim of... If you're not into sports, just bear with me on this one, okay? If you are into sports, please don't judge me. Okay, my knowledge is kind of limited. So before leaving Ireland, a lot of people asked me if I'm coming over here for the World Cup. Obviously, they, these people didn't really know me that well because they would have known that I know very little about sports in general, never mind rugby. Before I left, I actually googled who is Ireland's current rugby captain. That's kind of how out of touch I am with the sporting world. And I thought it was weird that people were asking me this. I thought it was strange that people would travel across the world to watch rugby. When I arrived here, I realized that hardcore rugby fans most certainly will. Something like 600,000 of the fans who attended the matches here were international fans. To be honest, I can't imagine loving anything enough to travel across the world for, so I actually really admired their dedication to it. And I think before arriving, I had probably seen like one full rugby match, and I've kind of dipped in and out of games when my dad was watching them at home, but I wouldn't fully understand the rules or how it works. But I've actually really surprised myself at how much I've enjoyed being here for the World Cup. In the airport, I made a last-minute purchase of a Guinness rugby jersey, which I've actually worn quite a lot. So Irish fans, when they go abroad, I think they really like everyone to know that they're Irish. I think if they could carry around a sign saying, I am Irish, and get away with it, they probably would. And they're also really easy to spot. And I don't know if it's just me being Irish or... You can spot them by the excitement that they radiate, combined with like mildly confused expressions. Often you can see tourists, not just Irish, but looking around completely baffled, but also enjoying it. They seem to absorb the atmosphere really well. So Japan has been a wonderful host. I mean, it's not really surprising given how organized they are, but they have these areas called fan zones, which have been set up throughout the city and they've decorated them in accordance to what team is playing. So for the Irish games, for example, like the fan zone would be decorated in loads of green and uh, shamrocks and Irish flags. And it's free entry. Inside, there's maybe two or three huge screens for showing the game. They have like uh, food stalls, souvenir stalls. You can buy merchandise, a few little uh, bars and food trucks. And they're actually really family friendly areas. So a lot of the locals bring their kids there. In a couple of them, I've seen they have like little kids go around supervised, but with like a little clipboard and they have a, um, a survey or an interview to interview tourists to practice their English, which is really cute. The first match I watched was Ireland versus Scotland. Ireland won by quite a considerable amount, so it was like a pretty good buzz. I really enjoyed it. I had met two Irish guys the day before and we kind of made small talk about rugby and I kind of made out that I knew a lot more than I actually did. So we organized to meet up and watch the match together. So I donned my new Guinness rugby jersey and went to one of the fan zones to watch it. Actually, a lot of Japanese people did point at the t-shirt and say like, Guinness, Airuranda, which is Ireland. That was kind of cute. I was glad that I wasn't mistaken for a New Zealand fan. Actually, at that first game, we met this Japanese man 
who he was an elementary school teacher and for some reason really loved Ireland. He had an Ireland jersey on and everything and he explained that he coached his school's rugby team. At one point he went to get a soft drink because he was driving so he wasn't drinking beer and he brought us all back a beer which was so sweet of him and then he took a selfie with us and I think he's still in touch with one of the guys actually. So Japan has really been such a pleasant host country to have this kind of competition. So outside of the fan zones you can go to like there's loads of sports bars where all the ticketless fans seem to go. However the sports bars do know how to cash in on the occasion charging about a thousand yen for a Heineken which is about eight euro fifty. I suppose it's all part of the experience. For the Ireland versus Japan game I went to an Irish bar. And Japan who opened proceedings on the first weekend they play Ireland today and what a special game it is. However, there was a lot of locals in there too for the Japan game. And up until then, most of my encounters with the locals had been quite polite and pleasant. They tend to be quite reserved and quiet. Despite Ireland's loss, watching the game was so much fun because I got to see another side to the Japanese. It was one where they expressed their joy and excitement at Japan winning. What a victory for Japan! Whenever they scored, they'd jump up and down and cheer and high-five each other. And, you know, they'd yell in exasperation at missing a shot. And it was really wonderful to see because, like I said, I hadn't seen this side of the Japanese society. And it's funny how being a rugby fan brings out some sort of global, universal behaviour. After the game, outside, actually, a Japanese man walked past with his son and seeing our Irish jerseys, etc., he stopped and shook my hand and said, it's a miracle we won. Thank you. Japan write another chapter in World Cup history with a stunning upset over Ireland, launching the tournament to new heights. So Ireland's final game in the competition was, of course, against the All Blacks. This provided pretty much the weirdest experience I've had here since I got here. I ended up last minute catching a train to a neighbourhood of a friend of mine, where he and another friend had heard of a small local bar showing the match. And it took me ages to actually find the bar because it ended up being like a kilometre from the train station and there was nothing else nearby. And it was like tucked away, almost unnoticeable in this quiet street. There was pretty much nothing else surrounding it. I think there was like a McDonald's and um, a 7-Eleven or some sort of convenience store. But when I did find it, I walked into this tiny room, which was filled with about 10 middle-aged Japanese men and my two friends so straight away the waitress came over with a little bowl of steamed veg and a beer and the match had just started. However if Ireland were to progress to the semi-finals for the first time in their history they had a big hurdle to jump at Tokyo Stadium. I'd actually missed the hacker which I was um, pretty disappointed about but I was pretty happy with my beer in this little tiny bar. I'm actually not sure why they were showing the game but the locals must have seen our disappointment at how badly the game was going and the man beside us asked if he could buy us all a round of drinks and that was really sweet and soon after another man sitting nearby sent over a plate of food and I turned around to say thank you and he bowed and with so much enthusiasm said welcome to my hometown. Soon after this one man took a particular liking to us well to me I think because he sent me over a small bowl of food and then a few minutes later he came over with like an origami kimono that he had made. Then a couple of minutes later, he came over with a drawing of my side profile. I didn't really know what to say to all this. I kept saying, oh, arigato, arigato gozaimasu, hi. Then he came over with a 
full front profile drawing of me. But for some reason, he gave me a mullet and crossed eyes. And then he followed it with a note saying, I am happy to be able to meet. And every time he presented me with something, his friend sitting in the corner would clap and like absolutely crack up. And it reminded me of being like at a teen disco where boys send their friend over to a girl to ask if they want to shift them and the whole group watch and giggle. So it turned out when we asked that they had never served foreigners in this bar before and the staff asked for a selfie before we left and then came out on the street to wave us goodbye. And as we were leaving, everyone in the room turned to wave and call goodbye. An impeccable 46-14 win for New Zealand against a lacklustre island justifies why the men in black are favourites to lift the Webb Ellis Cup. And despite Ireland losing, it was actually probably one of my highlights. I just thought it was so bizarre, but so kind of wholesome and pleasant. So it's the end of the road for Ireland. The game is over! I have no idea who's going to win because my knowledge of the remaining teams is extremely low. I can't see myself becoming a die-hard rugby fan anytime soon, unless I end up maybe in the same country as the next World Cup. It was a really unique experience to be in the middle of Tokyo as it was taking place. And who knows, maybe if I'm here in July for the Olympics, I could develop a newfound love for a different sport. (laughs) So that brings me to the end of episode two of No Country for Old Meg. We are now on iTunes, SoundCloud and Spotify. So don't forget to subscribe. And if you're feeling generous, give a five star rating on iTunes. That would be wonderful. And I will speak to you all again next week. 